You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Welcome to the Techie Leadership Show. Today with me I have Johanna Rotman. She is known as the as the pragmatic manager. She provides frank advice for your tough problems. She helps leaders and teams see and solve problems, resolve risk, and manage their product development. Johanna has written 17 books. Wow, an impressive number of books. Hundreds of articles and blogs on jrothman.com and createadaptablelife.com. Welcome, Johanna. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. Ah, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, do you want to add something else to, to let people know about you? No, no, no. Let's just go on with the, with the interview. Okay, okay. Well, I, for one, am eager to find out uh, about your leadership stories, uh, and I'm going to let you pick. Do you want to start with the success story or the failure story? So let me start with the success story. Okay. Because I, I think that that's, it's always nice to hear about a success. Um, I'm going to choose the very first program I managed. I Up okay. until... The time I'm a uh, program is a collection of projects with one business deliverable. Okay. So and this was a combination of an operating system and hardware and software, right? So um, complex. not, yeah, very complex. This is back in the eighties. So we didn't have really agile approaches yet, but I okay. knew what had worked for me before in projects. And okay. I said, and we had a very aggressive schedule. We really needed to have a version to demo at a trade show in the first week of, well, I think the middle of August. Okay. And this was January. So. Not a long had, time. No, we had a lot going on. <laughs> so I, um, I gathered every, I had a program team. I was a software program manager. But because I was the software head in quotes, um, okay. I hope that everyone listening to me can hear the quotes the when quotes, I say yes. the air quotes <laughs> in, about head. Um, I actually asked all the, the, the various project managers. I said, we don't need to meet every week. God forbid we have a status meeting, excuse me, every <laughs> week. But I do need to know what you can deliver every month, right? Yeah. So on in the middle of the month, we're going to make sure we deliver. We're going to make, we had already been doing continuous integration here. This, this in the organization. 80s. Yes. In the eighties on wow. mini computers. And we have organizations yes. struggling now to do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This, um, um, this was symbolics and, the list machine people. And the first thing everybody did when you came in in the morning was load patches, right? Oh. That allowed you to come up to speed on the current operating system. And every so often, if you did not check your email first, you realized <laughs> you needed to go back to yesterday's build. Uh, this, this was a wonderful way of, of working. So we had continuous integration and people said, so the platform people, the operating system people, 
I think I can get a new version of the schedule and I think I can do a new garbage collector and all that other stuff. And the layered products said, well, we can, we're going to work in stages towards where we need to be for August. Fine, as long as everything is working and I can demo it. And the hardware people said, um, we work in, in, they actually said in iterations in designing, mm -hmm. right? Hardware iterates on design. Um, yes. The people listening to this can't see me. I'm making my finger go in circles. <laughs> yes. Um, so we could actually see the state of the product with simulations and with software the entire way through. Awesome. Um, I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah. So now I now ask me why I did this. Why did I ask for monthly deliverables? Joanna, why did you ask for monthly deliverables? Because I had no idea how to how to insert myself into every single thing. And I knew that was not useful, right? When yes. I was a technical person, I wanted to know what's the outcome I want? What's the vision? What's the deliverable to the customer? Then can you trust me to deliver every single day towards that delivery? And we did. Hallelujah. Then yeah. That's yeah. that's something that's hard for management to understand if, if you don't have a technical background. That's what technical, especially if they're good. They, Tell me what you want, what's the time frame, and let me get to work. Right. Now, people were working in teams. So we had cross-functional teams. Every single product had at least one tester, um, sometimes only one tester, right? So the, the team had to figure out how will we find all of our problems. We cannot just depend on the one tester and our peers. But, and things got through, right? Problems got through, we resolved the problems. But all, all I had to do was figure out what's the deliverable this month, next month, the month after. And remember, this is back in the days of shipping on, were we at CD-ROM by then? I hope so. <laughs> when I first joined that company, we were still shipping on disks. tape. Yeah, well, the world was too big for floppy disks. So we were probably shipping on CD-ROM. So I think so. We didn't ship every day, in the same sense. We shipped internally every day, and that's that's a huge, huge thing. So we had um, probably a hundred software people, maybe more, maybe a hundred and fifty, um, a few dozen hardware people, couple maybe a dozen mechanical engineers. And everyone was focused on how do we get to this trade show in the middle of August? And we did. We had a great product to demo. We were yeah. not we were not hardened, right? We I mean the hardware was only do these paths through the hardware. Because <laughs> the hardware was not yet done. But that was fine. The software was actually pretty robust. And I think that if if that and I'm not saying this to you because I was so smart, because my, um, my next leadership failure is also about <laughs> me. So okay. uh, it's, it's more like how leaders can be with the people that they serve, right? Yes. Set a goal, um, explain how you want to achieve that goal. Not the details of how to design, but the oh details God, no. of 
We need continuous integration to manage the risks. We need to see visible progress. We need to understand where things are happening, what's not happening, so I can remove those impediments for you. And that's what I did. Huh. As long as you maintain visibility and you see progress, it's okay. You don't need to jump in. <laughs> right, right. And so I wouldn't say that that job was easy because I had a lot of customer interaction. I had a lot of how to negotiate with the hardware people about what they would do and when because hardware is always later than they think and less than they think in my experience yes. maybe not huh. anymore and <laughs> and then how to negotiate with the software people well the hardware people said they would do yeah they made a mistake so um there was a lot of of what i would call negotiation and discussion with people yes. and and even with our customers but it was all doable and it was doable because I could trust the technical people to do the best job they could and realize that we had to see visible progress at least once, once a month. Yeah, and, and the point that you're making about negotiation, it's something that I try to tell all aspiring leaders and even ex ex existing leaders is go look through the sales books, find one that catches you. It's, it's something that applies to your character and read it. You, you, you're doing sales each day. You have to convince your teammates to do stuff. You have to placate uh, some uh, bickering that might uh, appear. It's, it's always, it always comes back to some form of selling, <laughs> especially well, or, if you're in- Or influence. Yes, or influence. And maybe both. Yeah, yeah, maybe both. It goes, it goes both ways. And now you, you, you already picked my curiosity. You also have like a <laughs> personal failure <laughs> story oh, yeah. when it so, comes to leadership. Yeah. Well, if I'm going to tell you how great I was, I'm also going to tell you how awful I was. Um, one day at the same company, I had I'd gotten a promotion after my first child was born, I had a group of, of not quite related people. I had the testers, I had software support, I had continuing engineering. I, had, um, I, also, had, I also served um, a group of developers, but that was only part of the development function. So I had all the people, um, I served all the, all the people in teams that was not straight on development of the brand new product. Right. So my, I had Lots a product, I had a product line, but it was, it was not the same product line as they wanted to move towards. So, um, one morning it was, I remember this cause it was a horrible rainy day. I think I'm sure it was fall in Boston and I had gone to work and I stepped in a large puddle and gotten my sneakers okay. all wet. I know. And the baby had, had spit up on me. I'd already, this was already my second shirt of the morning. I hadn't slept <laughs> yes. the night before. Yeah. So I was kind of a hot mess going into, into work. And I realized that one of my second line support people was not there when he needed to be there. We had coverage for the Europeans and coverage for the, um, for the Asians. 
not full oh. coverage, not 24 oh. hour, not 24 seven, but we had sort of a 14 hour day um, in Cambridge. And I had this email, I was reading this email as one of the guys from Second Line Support came in and it was from our colleagues in Germany and they said, What's wrong with you? You didn't tell us. You didn't finish. You didn't blah, blah, blah. right. So one of those yelling at me emails. Uh, so what all I caps do, emails. Oh yeah, all caps emails. So I turned around to Rick and I said, "You're just coming in," and he said, "Yes." I said, "What happened?" He said, "Well, I didn't sleep that well that well last night. My baby." Um, spit up on me. I'm wearing the 14th outfit today. Mom, mom, mom. And my wife had stuff to do this morning. So I'm late. And I said, I had the same kind of night. I had my yes. baby spit up on me too. My husband had to go to work. And yet here I am. He okay. said, believe for you. <laughs> and I said, how can you let me down like that? How can you, um, it was something about, there was something else about emotions. And I said, you have to leave your emotions at the door. You have to be here on time. I mean, what kind of nonsense is this, right? Where was yes. my empathy with him? We had just had the same kind of an evening and morning. I could have had a little more empathy. And he said something really, really smart to me. He said, um, if you want me to leave my emotions at the door, which part of me is that? My right hand? My left foot? And I thought, oh, God, I have been such an idiot. So I said, I'm sorry. I've been an idiot. Can we start over? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Rick. How are you? I had one of those nights I'm, I started in. He said, hi, Johanna, I'm okay. I had one of those nights too. Now let me tell you about a problem I'm having and we can find a way to resolve it. So I was a total failure until he actually said to me, like, like smashing it in my face, how can you talk to another human being like that? Right? So that was, that was my failure and he was smart enough to recognize it, smart enough to recognize I was not a total jerk most of the time, and smart enough to offer me um, a problem-solving stance. And yes. I, have taken, I have taken that lesson with me. Because, yeah, there's lots of times I want to blame people for being human. Not very <laughs> helpful. Yes, uh, it's something that happens. And... It, it happens like you, sometimes you take your problems from work, you take them to home and you have problems in your house or you take your problems from home, you take them to work and you create problems for yourself at work that shouldn't be there. And it's good to have like teammates as Rick was that keep you accountable and ground you to the to reality and say, look, we're human, uh, mistakes are gonna happen. Uh, we have good days, we have bad days. Um, let's try and solve them out. Right. And so the nice thing is I had not realized what I was, I only had two people to offer that 14 hour coverage, which meant that if they didn't get in on time or they couldn't stay late, 
we really had a problem. I had not done my job of realizing we needed more depth in that area. And that changed uh, the way I managed. Well, um, more depth in second line support and, and with more people, with more depth, I could have more coverage. So I didn't have to have coverage on the East Coast for people in Asia. I also had a team of people on, on the West Coast. I could then change um, how the people worked on the East Coast to offer so that two of them could offer coverage for our European subsidiaries. And the people on the West Coast could offer cover for Asia. That totally, I mean, I had, I had inherited an organizational structure that I did not realize was no longer working. Yeah, and that you have the power to change. That's well, also I, I did, yeah. So, yeah. but it took this kind of crisis with me being just a total jerk to, to poor Rick. And then he, I mean, he really, I think that the leadership success there is that he actually recognized what was going on. Yes. And based on all your experience, because you have, just from these two stories, I can tell you have a lot of experience managing really complex, really big teams on really significant projects. What would be your leadership philosophy? So the primary philosophy I have is that people want to do a good job and they might not know how to do it. And I have to create an environment where they can ask for help. Uh, there's a lot, lack of training. It seems it's everywhere. Oh. Uh, yes. The only problem is if you, if you go like in a more traditional job, you get no training, you figure it out, let's say in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you can do it then. But mostly in technology, the it shifts and it changes so much. Each new requirement is like starting a new job. So even okay. if you stay with the same company for years, if not each week, at least a couple of months, you're basically starting your position again. You have to learn new stuff, how to do it, how to approach it. Uh, it's it's this. It's like being in, in a new job all the time. That's how I see like <laughs> in technology. Well, I actually really like that. And so every time I've been a manager, a first line manager, I create a learning environment. Um, Back when I first managed a small group of testers, that was my first real management job. I asked them, I said, we're not gonna have a status meeting once a week. We're gonna have a group meeting because everyone was on their different projects, right? Everyone yes. was, no one, a couple of people worked on one project together, one product together, but that was it. Mostly everybody was off on their own. And so I said, instead of, we're not going to go around the room and you tell me what you did and bore everyone half to death. Instead, we're going to have a learning meeting. So I actually started learning meetings in my teams back when I was first a manager. And we, gener we brainstormed a ranked backlog of everything we wanted to learn. Um, if people were willing to take something and teach each other. We did that. Yes. If we needed people from um, inside the organization, I arranged that. 
Um, and if we needed people from outside the organization, I traded, I bartered with colleagues across across town. So um, one one guy actually was a customer, and he explained to us how they used our system as a front end to their much more complex system. Okay. And then I had to go over there and explain how I managed my project portfolio for the various testers. Because by then, I I think I my group was about 10 or 11 people. And how could we possibly manage all those people and coordinate all the projects? So yes. I offered him management training. He offered us technical training. And nobody had to get paid. It was only half Smart an hour. Barter. Yeah, because this is, I mean, I've done, as a consultant, I've gone in and done, you know, 20 minutes for free over lunch. And the more I think about it, the less I like lunch and learns. Because lunch should be a break. Lunch yes. should be a time when you can take a walk or at least free your mind, um, have a healthy meal because all too often, lunch and learns are pizza. And much as I love pizza, it's <laughs> yes. really not that healthy. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. You also so, have pizza. <laughs> yeah. So, so I really, I really want to make lunch a break for people, and especially if they're pairing or mobbing or swarming. And then that means that, that on, ongoing education, ongoing learning has to occur during the day. During the work right. hours. Yeah, during work hours. And instead of maybe it's from, maybe if you're like me, you do it 11 to 11.45, so it ends. Um, uh -huh. uh, and then people, because people are hungry, they take their lunches. Um, this is one of the reasons I, if you, if you really need to do a stand-up, you do it just before lunch. Uh, but So everybody's but that, fast. Smart tip. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Make it possible for people to succeed well. Right? Yes. Make it possible for their actions to reinforce the right stuff. So that and, yeah, I, I find that training during the day is really helpful. I I tried like starting like learning meetings inside companies. Um and the other companies that I worked uh, I see usually they start with a big bang and then they peter out. Do you have any advice how to avoid them slowly and agonizingly dying the learning sessions? So make sure the people tell you what they want to learn. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. and I know, I know it sounds Simple, like. Simple, but it's so obvious. It's like <laughs> it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like. <laughs> Because a lot of times, so let me talk to you a little bit about what oh, what the people in my testing organization wanted to learn. At the time, TCP/IP and FTP were not standard on computers. I know this is a long time ago, um, so you would have other things now, but we needed to understand a little bit of the guts. And there, there's something like seven layers in TCP/IP. Do I have that right? I probably I have that so. wrong. I don't know. It's I'm I'm sure it's wrong. I'm sure it's different now. And when I realized that the packets were not synchronous, the packets got sent out and they got recombined on the other side. I said, 
whoa, that's really cool, right? I mean, so, but we all needed to understand a little bit about networking and how the various networks worked. So I got uh, that, that was on the list that the testers generated at one of our meetings. So you could run this like a lean coffee and say, let's generate, let's brainstorm for seven minutes everything we want to learn. And then the next seven minutes we say, who's going to take responsibility for that? And then you can have a 14 minute um, team meeting or work group meeting and call it done while people go and take the rest of the time to figure out who's going to get whom and who's going to teach what. Right. So now instead of a 45 or 50 minute meeting, you've had a 14 minute meeting and the rest of the time people go off and, and get ready for the next learning. Right. Huh. Okay. So maybe you have to schedule it first. So maybe it's not, not just 14 minutes, <laughs> maybe it's, it's still 20 minutes. Right. So, yeah. but you, you don't, just because you have a 45 or 50 minute meeting does not mean you have to use all the time. Yeah, that's a right. great idea. Like actually, saying like, "Hey, this was scheduled like for forty-five minutes. We used twenty or fifty minutes of it. Use the the remainder of the time to finish up your part, so we can take it from there." Exactly. Yeah, oh, and I then learn something really powerful now. Oh, good, good. So, so this is, but this is the same kind of thing, right? And if you realize, if everyone says, "I don't really know how to interview." That's not a 45-minute um, lunch and learn or, or uh, in-work training. That's just not. You need a whole class for that. Yeah. Same with influence skills. Same with feedback. I mean, there's all kinds of Communication. stuff. Communication. Right. So any of these interpersonal skills, we can scratch the surface in a 45-minute in, internal training. But we probably need more training from probably somebody outside. So that's one of the reasons I, I'm trying to figure out how to get a lot of my training online. Um, and I'm working through, is it self-paced or self-study or group? I'm, yeah, yeah I'm working good. on it. Yeah. Um, so getting back to our topic leadership. What would be your top three leadership tips for aspiring leaders? So I'm going to say something. Well, let me clarify this. So the first tip is make sure you're not in the middle of the work. And that means your job is to coach other people. Your job is to serve other people. Your job is to see that they understand the purpose of the work, your job is to see that they can collaborate. I mean, there's all these pieces that when I say make sure you're not in the middle of the work also means you, if you're going to be a leader of some sort, you cannot be on the critical path for the technical work. Yes. Right? Your, your job is to help other people learn everything you knew about how to be a great technical person. That's your it's, job now. It's how, how I like to say is like supervising is just a sliver of what you have to do. 
coaching, training, and mentoring. That's your real job when you're moving up into a leadership position. And and this um, management or supervision is so much easier if you facilitate how other people learn and work, right? Because you don't have to ask people, where are you on that JIRA ticket? Oh, God, don't get me started. <laughs> All right? You don't have to ask that because they, they're going to say to you, I'm a little bit stuck on this. I'm not sure how to approach so-and-so for how to ask that person to pair with me. Can you help me learn how to ask that person to pair? And, and this means that um, the, so the second, the second piece of this is to encourage flow efficiency, right? To think of even a work group is like this, but especially if you have a software development team, the, the team has the unit of work, not a person. Yes. And as long as, as long as you focus on throughput through the team, everything is so much easier. Uh, right? Not just can, beating one, one developer or one, one team member because. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> everybody, I don't know of a developer who actually works alone. Everybody at least has a customer. Yes. Right. If nothing else. So, um, and, and then in organizations where people do work solo on products, that's very, very hard. I, I recommend that you stop working on some products, um, get a few people together on another, let them finish whatever they have to do. And then, go on to a next product. This is really hard for IT teams because they often have 500 products they have to support with 70 people. Oh, yeah. that's a nightmare. Yeah, and it's totally unrealistic. Okay. And uh, Joanna, if there was one book that you would recommend to people because it had a profound impact on you, what would that be? So Jerry Weinberg wrote The Psychology of Computer Programming back in the 70s. Okay. I read it my senior year of college, which was 1977, after, just after having come off the worst, well, the only and the worst team project I have ever experienced. Okay. So my, let me set the context for you. My instructor... Um, for that particular class, thought that women should not study computer science. No. And of course, yeah, look, I, I have stories about that. Um, <laughs> and, and what's interesting is you're from Europe, and every single time I go to Europe or Israel or Asia, there are just as many women in, in, on the teams and in organizations as there are men. Well, maybe not. The number not just is as increasing. Men. Yeah. The number is so, increasing each and every year. More women opt for computer science or for technical universities. And yeah. they study, they study hard, and they, I enjoy working. Like, they're really good developers. Well, because you're getting a diversity of experience and, and perspective. Yes. So it's not, that every, it's not that women are always right 
although my husband and I would have something to say about that, <laughs> um, is that the more diverse the perspectives and experience on your team, the better the product is and the more the the better the experience of working on the product. Right. Exactly. So yeah. So so this this particular instructor, even though I had many organizational skills, appointed uh, another person as our project manager. He did not want to get together to have to do this project. So the oh we, it was it was due on a Monday morning. On Friday <laughs> night, we started to pull all nighters, and I am really bad at all nighters. I really need my sleep. So we did not have anything to show on Monday. <laughs> okay. We we'd all written our our own code. Well, what did in, you do? Well, we 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 got to see because we we could show them our design and we could show them something else. And I at that point I said, I don't think I can take working in software. This is just horrible. And then I read Jerry's book. I said, We did all of these things wrong. If I can make if I can create an egoless programming atmosphere anywhere I go, I'm going to be okay. Not because I'm so wonderful, because I, I am excellent at creating infinite loops. Um, I, I mean, everyone has their own um, little problems as a developer. But I, and I knew what some of them were. <laughs> I didn't know all <laughs> of them at that time, but I knew some of them. Uh, and I realized that if I could just, if I could find an environment that was not horrible like this team, I could succeed. So that, that, and if you only read one book, and I recommend you read all of Jerry's books and all of mine too, um, but if you only read one book of Jerry's, that's an excellent starting point. The Psychology of Computer oh. Programming. And I believe he came out with another edition 20 or 30 or 40 years later or something. Well, so, you've convinced me I'm picking it up. So oh, I've good, heard about it. Good. I know there's so many good books <laughs> to read. Well, so for many sure books, to pick this so up. little time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I think it was, it was very prescient of him to actually see the fact that we needed to work in teams even back then. Yes. And Johanna, where can people go and find out more about you? So everything is on jrothman.com. J-R-O-T-H-M-A-N.com and createadaptablelife.com. If you like any of these leadership tips, I am um, in the middle of May as we're recording this. I am finishing the Modern Management Made Easy Triad. Um, volume one, which is about managing yourself, is pretty well done. I'm still working on volumes two and three. So well, if when you, it's done, give me a ring. We'll have it back I will. On. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I enjoyed a lot talking with you. It's, it's amazing. I had I, it's one of the best shows I've done. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you. That's great. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, Joanna. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me, Andre. Same here. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe and share please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.